What's Up Whittier. Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. What's up, Whittier? Dun da da da. Remo. Jesse. I'm going to start snoring in about 20 minutes, Jesse. <laughs> Just had a big sandwich. And I finished all of it. Yes. Uh, we, for those listening, we had uh, we had the beehive, which if you have not had the beehive, they have really big portions. Or yeah. I say big portions. It's good. It's really right, good. What's and the right word? I mean, it's a serving size for two. <laughs> you definitely get your money's worth. And I was eating a sandwich, and I didn't want to put it down because it will fall apart. So yeah. I put it all down. And Remo was hungry, man. He ordered a bunch of sides. and uh, Yeah, and you guys didn't eat any. So yes. thanks. <laughs> Um, so today we're we're uh, we're gonna do a follow up uh, podcast interview. Um, so we'll be speaking with Brian. For those that did not listen to the first one, you gotta definitely listen to this now. Second one that's gonna be uh, probably more interesting than the first one. Yeah, yeah hopefully I'm, I'm setting up the stage. <coughs> yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> send all your complaints. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Who do we send it to? Well, with that said, for those that don't know who you are, uh, Brian, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks, guys, for, for having us again. Um, really enjoyed doing this the last time, and so um, looking forward to, to having a, a discussion with you guys again today. Uh, my name is Brian Psyche. Uh, I am the city manager for the city of Whittier, um, and I've, I've been the city manager since December uh, 2019, so just uh, almost three years to the date. Um, and just you know like we talked about last time it's a great community i know you guys love it just as much as i do and so um looking forward to, to you know kind of sharing information with your viewers and your listeners i guess right um and here to answer any questions that you may you guys may have for us and one of the things that we learned about you since last podcast that i personally experienced you play some good basketball I don't know if I'm a good basketball player, but for all your listeners out there, Remo's a monster. Uh, he he and I uh, play basketball on Wednesdays, and so he's uh, you're, you're you're an athlete, man. I was yeah. I was really impressed. Thank you. Sa- same here. I was I was yeah. surprised. You know, we we had some for a people. couple old guys, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the most important thing when I first played with you guys is the one thing I kept telling myself is just don't come home injured. Yes. <laughs> no ACL. No. Yeah, yeah. No Achilles. No anything. I mean, a sprained ankle. A, you know, uh, a finger that gets jammed, totally fine. Yeah. But, you know, just come home so I can go to work the next day. So Absolutely. Awesome. we gotta, yeah. we got to get Jesse out there now. Yeah. yeah. I could probably take score. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> or <laughs> get some architectural plans and <laughs> get the water bottles. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big basketball guy. Well, uh, well again, speaking about that, though, have you guys been watching the World Cup? Yeah. Yes. And I, was, I told Jesse before, we, I'm like, by the way, did you know U.S. is playing yeah. right when we're starting? They're on, yeah. What's the score? Is it still 1 0? It's 1 0, yeah. I have it was faith, as of 10 minutes ago. I have faith that the U.S. is going to make it, man. At least move on. But yeah, it, it's, uh, they bet, we've been following and tracking the, the games. I want to say the best game I've seen so far was uh, the Argentina Mexico game. Uh, just the, the amount of uh, uh, effort put into the both halves. I have never seen a game played like that. Um, and, again, they both had something to lose. So um, it, it was and definitely – two monster teams. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was a really good game, man. So yeah. definitely looking forward to the next one. Do you have Do you have uh, any favorite teams that you're watching other than the U.S.? Well, the U.S. and then, you know, I'm, I'm Japanese. And so when we beat Germany the first game, you nice. know, my whole family was ecstatic. But 
and we lost to Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no particular favorites other than the United States. All, all you need is one win, though. Oh, I know you're right to a get out of the bracket, tie. right? But um, I, you know, always pulling for the United States to do well. Um, I think it's we have we didn't make it last yeah. go around, right? So yeah. it's the first time in eight years. Um, so I'm looking forward to you know seeing them advance and, and do well in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Do you have anybody you follow? Uh, um, just the U.S. I mean, e- I'm, I'm Egyptian, so Egypt uh, made it four years ago, I believe, but not not, not this not year. Not this World Cup, like you no. don't follow any. Yeah. No, I mean, I watched probably half the games, mm. <laughs> so, yeah, even we, the other ones. So yeah, obviously we're rooting for U.S., but but uh, me and my boy have one uh, for he goes for Argentina. Oh yeah. So he's he's a big Messi fan, so it's yeah. uh, he's like rooting from like man, really are we gonna have to start uh, dividing this house uh, up <laughs> and you know. But it's, again, it's uh, it's always awesome to see these uh, uh, players compete at a high caliber. It's interesting to see them play too because they're not playing for money, right? Well, you hope they're not, and and they're playing for you know when they play outside of the World Cup, they're on these teams, and you mm-hmm. see them as part of these like professional teams. So now you're seeing them and where they really go, right? Yeah. As from a from a country perspective, and so it's interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. If, well, go ahead. Also, if you have time and and you have a Netflix account. Uh, you got to watch the FIFA documentary. It's uh, it gives you a different uh, look or outlook on on this organization. What was the name of it? I, I someone told me, a buddy of mine told me it's like a. I, I don't I forget the name, but it just it has FIFA in the, in yeah, the yeah. documentary. But it's uh, it's interesting, man. Yeah. Just how these uh, locations are selected. Yeah. Um, but anyways, with that said, uh, Rima, what do you got? I'm looking it up, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> so Brian. <clears throat> Last time we, we we talked, obviously you were giving us an update on on what's going on in the city. Um, you know, can you run through uh, updates that you have that are more recent? Sure, sure. Um, so let's start with some things that are happening around town for the holidays um, that we've been doing for many many years. So this Friday, the grand illumination at Rick's. Um, we're hoping that uh, it doesn't rain, so that we're able to con- you know to 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 you know light the tree we'll light the tree regardless but everything else that comes along with it will be um you know potentially um could be problematic if it rains and then this saturday we have the sonata in uptown all right so that will be fun the following saturday uh i believe it's the 7th or the 12th i I don't don't quote me on that it is the christmas parade Uh, and so um, that'll be fun it starts at 10 um down Greenleaf, um, and so you know things won't be much different than than they were last year. So, you know, holidays is always a fun time around uh, here in Whittier, and so um, you know if you guys have you know some time and you want to come hang out, um, definitely try to swing by to those things. And plus everything else that we have going on in the city with our programs and things yeah. like that at our public spaces and parks and other other uh, facilities. But yeah, please feel free to, to stop by. There was a tree lighting in Woodward, right? They do a... There is. There the, was. There was. That, yeah. that happened. Yep. Um, and is this the first year where they have the lights in Greenleaf on, on the string lights? It is. We... Right? I'll talk a little bit about Greenleaf and the Streetscape project uh, in, in a minute here. But uh, yeah, it is the first year that uh, we, we purchased those lights and hung those lights. Um, the cafe lights you're talking about, mm-hmm. they go across mm-hmm. the street, right? It's the first yeah. year. We did that probably about two months ago. Yeah. yeah. They look great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're happy how they turned out. It, you know, for me, I'm like a, I'm a math guy, so the, the sort of asymmetric uh, <laughs> layout is a little bit of a problem for me. Yeah. But for all your, you know, all the public listening, it was done because we had to go from city pole to city pole, and mm-hmm. we couldn't go, you know, on private property. Yeah. So, 
and where power sources are and how the how the mm-hmm. links works and so that's why it kind of looks a little asymmetric but even even you know putting that aside i think it came out really nice and it provided some you know the feel number one but also some really needed ambient lighting yeah. uh, in uptown um yeah so you know there's there's a whole nother discussion about the streetscape project that I'm sure people really want to hear about. And so, you know, that would be part of our discussion about projects and things, but you know, we got, there's really fun times going on right now in town. Again, if you guys have some opportunity, it'll be pretty much every weekend from here on out, there'll be something going on in town. Nice. Well, let's talk about the uptown, uh, streetscape. Sure. Sure. So, um, this has been a, an evolving, you know, discussion for many, many years, well before my time here. I think right. you guys probably know you've been here forever, right? And so mm-hmm. we hear it all the time uh, from uh, businesses, residents um, in Uptown that we've been talking about doing something in Uptown for 25-plus years. Um, so we were fortunate um, financially. We had a few bucks laying around from surplus from the last year. Uh, plus, we had some old redevelopment bond proceeds, and we were able to present a project to the council for consideration um, that would completely redo Greenleaf from Hadley to Wardman, from building frontage to building frontage, um, and completely do all the streetscape. So um, I can get you guys pictures and things if you guys want to post it on your website or wherever on Instagram, whatever you guys do. Um, that shows what it will ultimately end up looking like. And... Um, you'll be impressed. The project we think is going to be somewhere in the $20 million range. So it's not an inexpensive, uh, you know, project by any means, but something definitely that um, the council has been very serious about as well as, you know, in working in conjunction with the Uptown Weeder Association, the Improvement District, Chamber of Commerce. And so it's truly been a collaboration um, on what's going to happen on uh, on, uh, Greenleaf. And so... It will be, at least initially, closed from Thursday to Sunday, okay? And we are going to have these bollards that you can either going to be automated or we have a a person, Mm -hmm. staff member, place those. Um, So that's the original intent during, so from Sunday night, basically, to basically Thursday afternoon, it will be open to two-way traffic, two-way traffic. Um, The sidewalks and public areas are going to be 24 to 28 feet in width, um, and so, ver- so probably double, if not more, in some areas, uh, wider than they are today. Um, we're removing the majority of the parking, or we're proposing to move the majority of the parking on no, Greenleaf itself. On Greenleaf, yeah. yeah. And th- but there'll be certain areas where you can uh, still park, like in front of um, uh, uh, what we're proposing, in front of like businesses that probably aren't going to redevelop into something where you know the, the need for parking isn't there, right? So office spaces and doctor's offices, things like that. We're, we're still proposing some parking. Um, outdoor dining, you know, opportunities are still mm-hmm. going to be yeah. you know, available to those who would like to have outdoor dining. Um, people or, or uh, retailers that want to use that space to kind of have to do some outdoor sales can do that as well. Um, everything's going to be modular, we're hoping, so you can slide them, but very high-end. Um, so that you can, sl- we're going to have sleeves in the ground where you can slide things in so that if you want a canopy or something, nothing's going to be permanent kind of like it is now, right, where you're building something there. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of stuck with that, right? It's going to be able to evolve uh, so that, you know, again, if today a restaurant wants the outdoor dining, um, but tomorrow maybe they don't, then we can just 
you know, yank the canopies and things out of the sleeves, and it could be a public space again. And so there'll be benches and things like that will serve also as protection from the cars, things like that. A whole new street, entryway, walkways, lighting, ambient music, you know, Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be completely different than what is there now. Um, so it's, it's exciting. What's the timeline on, on this? Great question. Um, so we, it's definitely going, construction will commence next year. Um, and so I can't give you a real sort of definitive time or schedule right now because we're in design now with the architect, landscape architect. And um, so we're about 30%, 40% done with, with construction documents. So we'll have, we should have construction construction documents out to bid, we're hoping like January, February, um, and then a month to bid, and then we go through that whole process. So, you know, we're hoping sometime in midsummer we could, you know, potentially be in the ground. We have to talk about construction phasing. We have a water project that we have to also do before all any of this happens that runs right down the middle of the street. Um, so... There's lots of things that um, still need to be vetted um, through the process, but the great thing about it is that the city has the money, and, you know, kudos to the council for really stepping up and slotting, like, an upwards of $20 million to this effort, right? It's significant. Um, And um, that's the big part, right, is that the motivation is there. We've got all the the design team in place. We're moving forward with uh, um, development of the plans, and then the money's there. So... Hopefully by the end of next year, uh, early 2024, you'll Greenleaf will look completely different. So you, you anticipate about a year uh, once you start building? It depends on phasing. If we do it block by block, it will take longer than if we do it all at one time. Yeah. Um, doing it all at one time is more disruptive to more people. Yeah. Um, and so we'll have to – well, you guys know this better. You know, when you mm-hmm. do a construction project, you want to do it all at once. You want to have all the demolition done, mm-hmm. all the you know, curb and gutter and sidewalks and things like that poured at the same time just makes sense from an economies of scale perspective but it may, that may not be possible here we may have to do it block by block so yeah. but yet to be determined yeah is with the design i know the big issue sometimes is usually the trees do we keep them do we get rid of them yeah. is there a final consensus on what no to, no, no there's not uh, <laughs> not until the yeah, day of construction <laughs> um it 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 uh it the trees it, it's it's going to be difficult to you know, completely redo the hardscape and yeah. keep all of those trees yeah. just because, as you know, um, they're 50, 60 years old. Their roots are at the surface, and so yeah. it would make no sense for us in some cases to pour sidewalk and curb and gutter and things like that over roots that we know are going to ultimately, and in a very short period of time, yeah. ficus trees, they're fast growers, right? They're ficus, um, that are could could be you know ultimately damage that so we're, we're going to go through that and it's yeah. going to be a decision that's going to have to be made um at some point and presented to the council for consideration but um we'll do our best to say what we can but in some cases that's not yeah. going to be possible jesse if it was you would you keep him no i wouldn't i think i've said this before like when they first picked that tree they picked it without knowing the ramifications mm-hmm. long term of what this would be um and then, two, I don't think whoever picked them and placed them really thought about the architecture we had. Back then, what we have now was not considered historic because it was brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now knowing that it is historic and it has a character uh, tied to Whittier, 
um, these these trees are essentially like a veil uh, over this beautiful architecture that you know should be shown. Um, yeah, it, it, you make up an interesting. You bring up an interesting point too, Jesse, and that is um, we talk about this all the time. Is that they're like umbrellas, yeah. and so those buildings, some of those buildings, haven't seen the light of day in mm-hmm. fifty years or mm-hmm. thirty years, and so if they were to go. You know, and now you're just looking at these buildings. I mean, are we all okay with what these buildings are going to look like, right? <laughs> Again, all decisions that are going to have to be made at some point here in the very near future um, as we start to, you know, move forward with construction documents. But beyond all of that, I know people have some very personal feelings about those trees. Um, I think everybody would agree that the investment in Uptown is, you know, much overdue um, and much needed. Uh, and we're hoping that it will help businesses flourish and we'll get a different you know hopefully be able to attract other types of businesses that will you know with some kind of synergy down in uptown so or up in uptown no and again you you should it should be looked at as like now you're getting a second chance to pick the right tree you know and so might as well do it right knowing everything now about you know trees and what their root structures do and things like that and so yeah especially if you're gonna redo everything i mean if you're sidewalks and getting to the drains i'm sure some of those roots have penetrated in areas where their repairs a replacement needs to happen so yeah we've had we've had several um um you know claims filed out of uptown from root penetration to sewers and water lines and things we'll handle it remo loves the trees i said we just Donate them to his property. Have you seen my backyard? Just, yeah, I'm a concrete jungle kind of guy. So. You got a hoop back there, though, right? <laughs> no, I, I, not yet. No, I, it's a little one from our daughter, but that's that's it. Now, I'm 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 not for the trees. I, I mean, a different type of tree, not those big trees, because the main, maintenance on them. I see the trees being trimmed every year, two years, and it's a project, you know. And I'm sure they do a lot more damages underground than anyone ever knows. Um, so I would say go with a complete new look. I'm thinking if I have a project and it's a house that I'm remodeling, I'm not going to just fix whatever I want to fix. I fix whatever needs to also be fixed, right? Yeah. So if I know the trees are damaging you know, the infrastructure, then, I mean, you can't keep repairing the infrastructure. Just get rid of the trees. Yeah. Put new trees. Yeah, and I think whatever happens there, I, you know, I can definitely say that if a tree has to, a healthy, grown, mature tree has to be removed, it will be replaced three to four to one. Um, and not like little twigs either. No, yeah, there'll yeah. be significant sized trees that have an immediate impact that can help with all the other benefits of a mature tree, right? Yeah. You know, the um, you know creation of oxygen and all those things, right? That yeah. that folks you know um, I think would argue you know yeah. would be impacted by removing one. Yeah. The the closure of the street, I think that's a good idea. Um, <clears throat> I think obviously it, it's all specific based on what we need in uptown. Um, I was visiting um, uh, San Diego, their gas lamp district. They are shut down only like f- Thursday night and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they open back up on yeah. Monday through Thursday or Wednesday. Um, and same thing. They kind of have like little outdoor seating areas. I've gone down to um, Santa Barbara. They're still shut down. Um, but you talk about difference in terms of uh, one being more of a touristy and busy all week, which is Santa Barbara, compared to San Diego gas lamp area, which is like they're usually busy more like on the weekends mm-hmm. or at nights. Um, and so they cater. They cater to, to the need. Um, but it's funny because our uptown is kind of like the gas lamp district, which like no, it's like a ghost town. 
you know, Monday through whatever, Thursday, midday. Ish. Yeah. And then it picks yeah. up on Thursday You're through right. Sunday. And so, and again, you kind of adjust to that, right? And, and make it happen and make it work. Uh, for me, though, the big draw is once you kind of clean up something and we restore it to what it was or should be, I think slow deals are kind of telling you what you need to do for, for in terms of closures or not. But I, I like the idea. I like the idea you guys are doing that. Yeah, and that, and that is – it was like a, a truly like a compromise that, you know, there's so many folks that loved it and wanted it completely shut down 24-7, right, yeah. 365. But then, you know, there are a lot of businesses and folks are coming like – it's like you're saying. It's it not very time. busy. Yeah, Monday through Thursday. It's great so. for the skaters. Yeah, well, we hear that too. <laughs> yeah. um, and so you know, we that will help all of those things. Yeah. So right, and, yeah. and and, and it, it could morph. Right, if it takes off and is wildly successful, and we're seeing you know lots of action in uptown during the week, then the council can consider you know morphing it into something more. Conversely. If, you know, Thursdays it's dead yeah. and Fridays even, you know, until mm-hmm. the afternoon it's dead, then why continue to keep it closed, right? Mm-hmm. But you won't have – if you go down and you see uptown now, you see all the enclosures, right? So it almost looks kind of dark, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you won't have that because it will all be open and the parkways and sidewalks will be much wider. Um, and there's two ways. There won't be any parking. There won't be, you know, something's going to happen with the trees, so you're not going to have – you know, all that darkness and you have all the ambient lighting and all these other things that are going to be there, you know, working with the Uptown Whittier Associ- Improvement Association on security, along, you know, in conjunction with the Uptown Association. So um, we're hoping that it's like the perfect storm at the end of the year. Everything opens up and, you know, everybody's wildly successful. Nice. And uh, uh, we end up, you know, growing businesses that want to stay here in Whittier and then attracting new ones that uh, have always been looking on the periphery, but finally made the investment, so they're willing to do that. I think we mentioned this in the last podcast, but if anybody at the Apple Store is listening, yeah. there's a big space down Greenleaf if you want to come up and uh, take it over. Yeah. It, I, I think once we have all this in place, we will be marketing more more marketable to, yeah. to folks like that that are like, wow, you know, they've got... I, I like the mom-and-pop businesses. Definitely. I, I definitely support them. Um, but in order for some of these little, even small places, there's always have to be a draw, right? And, uh, I mean, you go to the mall, uh, I was there at the mall not, not too long ago. Um, I, I was expecting it on a, a Tuesday. I was expecting for it to be a ghost town. There's people there and I'm like, man, people don't work. Huh? <laughs> and then, uh, and as I'm walking to the Apple store, I mean, it just started getting denser and denser, long lying out the door. I'm like, wow! Talk about a draw, right? Yeah. On a Tuesday midday, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's amazing what what kind of numbers you know the Apple Store turns out. It's and amazing. my guess of all these people that are wandering, we're all killing time for their number to be called. Oh yeah, right? for their appointments, yeah. Or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I was like, so again, it, you talk about like all these other businesses are getting something, yeah. whether it's a foot traffic or you know. Uh, Instagram post or something, but uh, yeah, it's definitely. And they're marketing. walking by, but you know, I'm gonna pick up something here, pick up something there, yeah. and you get enough of that, it keeps you, yeah. carries you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're part, you know, we're hoping that part of it is like, oh, word of mouth, like oh, I had no idea this was here. Yeah. So they tell their friends, they come yeah. have dinner, and their friends yeah. tell their friends, and so you know, before you know it, um, it's really bustling in uptown. But we'll see. I'm Apple a, store. That's yeah. That's the that's the hope. <laughs> <laughs> or a J two architect. Yeah. <laughs> Upstairs. Or, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wish I had the foot traffic. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else you got going on? I, I mean, we talked about the uptown area. Yeah. Um, any what what other big development that you, 
So in Uptown 2, we have a couple of housing projects that are proposed. One was approved by the council um, at Philadelphia and Comstock. Comstock. Yeah, on the southwest corner. Mm-hmm. 52 units. Um, really nice apartment project. Yeah. Um, the kind of, you know, demographic that we're looking for to help Uptown, right? And so we're excited about that. We hit a little bit of a, a bump in the road with that project. We're trying to work things out, so hopefully we're, we'll get going there. Um, the city is has we issued an RFP about a year ago uh, to do about 300 or plus units in Uptown. Um, it's a, a mixed uh, income project, and so there'll be some ownership, some rental. So we're working on that. Again, and that one's over on the old uh, Alpha Beta, yeah. mm-hmm. plus some of the city lots, parking lots as well too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know that's still very preliminary. But you know what? We'll see. I. I a lot of folks have differing feelings about what will make and keep Uptown prosperous. Um, and rooftops, to me, is you can't argue with that. Yeah. You need people in Uptown to shop and eat to make those businesses survive or help yeah. to keep those businesses to survive. And so um, that's the that's the plan. That's the, the goal of the council, staff, is to, you know, uh, help Uptown um become the best uptown it can be and so we can do that through housing through the streetscape project and things like that so we're moving uh, forward with a couple of those projects and, j- and speaking about housing just in general it's really been a hot button in town and rightfully so understandably so you have some folks that are advocates for additional housing especially additional affordable housing then you have other folks that are not um, that um, you know are looking at traffic and noise and all these other impacts and which are very valid concerns impacts on utilities and PDE response times, fire safety response times, all completely valid concerns. Um, but I, I think the, 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 the most significant sort of determinate, de- determining factor of what happens as it relates to housing is the pressure that we're, the cities, not just Whittier, are being um, the pressure that is being placed upon cities to develop housing yeah. through our new housing element, right? That we just had to approve. Um, the, the the state comes down with the number through the cog that Whittier has to uh, be able to show that we can build three thousand four hundred thirty nine units in the next planning, you know, planning eight, mm-hmm. which is about eight years. There, you know, in in the past, it's called Reno Regional Regional Housing Needs Assessment number. It was really sort of meaningless because. There was no teeth to not doing it, mm-hmm. right? Now? No enforcement on No it. enforcement. So now the states are saying, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. So mm-hmm. we could potentially withhold funding from you, yeah. things like that, to you know, SB1 dollars. Just look at SB1. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's millions of dollars for Whittier every year to do to repair streets and, you know, so all, our, all of our infrastructure. And so we can't risk losing that funding um, because it really, help, you know, hurts the entire community. So, and then... It's not us going out and saying, you know, come on and submit an application for some more housing. We'd love to see it. Yeah. It's the, the the private sector, you guys, yeah. coming in saying the homeowners, the, the property the homeowners, owners, the property owners, developers are yeah. coming in and they're saying, okay, well, you know, Whittier is a very desirable community. That's another sort of like off, you know, I guess downside of being a really desirable community. Yeah. A lot of people want to be here, right? That's right. Um, and so they've seen they've seen the success that the Groves has had, um, and so. We are a very desirable community in which to, you know, do business, yeah. and I love that. And so when they when a developer comes into the counter, we have to process their projects like we do anything else, and so that's what we do. And so um, I just hate for it to be, 
you know, sort of misconstrued that, you know, the city's out there just you know, only looking for housing projects because that's not it, yeah. right? I mean, look what we have open, the Amazon Go store, which has been a, a huge success. Um, and Amazon just doesn't do that. They don't locate places like their, their businesses in areas that they know they're going to fail. They've got a super advanced, you know, team yeah. someplace, you know, in the United States that says, you know, we should place a, um, a, uh, sorry, place a, um, a store wherever it is. That makes sense for that certain demographic, right? So, and Whittier meets all of those things, which I, th- I think is a good thing. So, you know, we're, we're working on um, a really significant industrial project over at the Leggett and Platt site. You know, Leggett and Platt is mm-hmm. it's right next to Hurley, over on the boulevard, right across uh, from the um, King Richard's building, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's an old shuttered uh, industrial property. So, mm-hmm. a real significant industrial developer came in and wants to do a big project there. We have a new owner at King Richards, right? And he wants to completely th- – this guy is a risk taker. And he um, has come in and, again, looked at, you know, how we do business here in Whittier and wants to be here. And this isn't his first rodeo. So he he invested a significant amount of money in buying King Richards, and he's going to redevelop that into, like, a, a Anaheim packing house, mm-hmm. similar to what's going on, going on across the street. That development is now um, – all the housing's basically been built, right? They're, like – a year or two ahead of schedule. Um, as you know, property values there have gone up significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really great project. That all, most of the uh, um, commercial is either under construction or built or uh, is entitled. And so they're, they're going to start working on their packing house called, uh, I think it's the Rodeo, 7, uh, Rodeo uh, 72. Um, and it's based on, you know, um, Whittier Boulevard. So lot, there's lots of stuff going on. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Whitwood. Um, we have uh, a project proposed at Whitwood that would um, add a movie theater, a hotel, some some restaurants and retail, um, kind of like a Edwards concept, like back in the you know the late '90s, early 2000s, and one and twelve hundred residential units. Again, not overnight. I mean, they're talking about a twenty-five year period or twenty-year growth period, and it's mainly because. Sears, J.C. Penney, um, the 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 era of the big box retailer is come and gone. Yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah. you guys see it right all over the place. Everybody's smaller. On their online presence is much more significant, and so we have one of the two last Sears and J.C. Penneys in the region. And so the writing's on the wall. I mean, they're not going to be the only two ones left in the world, right? So they're going to close. And so what Kimco, the owner of Whitwood, is 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 pr- uh, proposing to do is to redevelop that property over, you know, 20 or 25 years. So we're going through that process. Now, again, we didn't solicit that from them, right? They, they came in and said, hey, listen, we got to do something with this project. Okay, we'll help you process it. Um, tomorrow night, um, we have a um, notice of preparation meeting for the environmental document for that project here at City Hall, 6 o'clock. So if any of you guys are interested in coming to hear more about that, we welcome you uh, to, to have that uh, – to hear the discussion tomorrow night. So that's that. Again, it goes back to this thing where, you know, housing is becoming um, a requirement by the state. And so, you know, we're just doing what we have to do to to basically accommodate that. And um, But I will also say that the council is, um, you know, sort of said enough's enough too on some levels, right, with uh, some different legislation that's come down. 
uh, with some unintended consequences and has basically sued the state of California over a couple, like SB9, the lot split, the, the single family residential lot split um, law. Um, and we've, you know, contested our arena number uh, through dealing with through that process and filed another lawsuit um, is either against the county or the state over some housing law and were unsuccessful. So uh, it's a interesting time. Um, but again, I just, you know, for all, you know, all your folks that are listening, this doesn't happen overnight, right? Yeah. This is over many, many, many years. And so if it happens at all, correct. So, um, but we're still working on other commercial projects and things that, you know, this, that the community has been asking for, for many, many years. Um, let's see what else we have. Um, let's talk a little about our parks. Um, the city was fortunate enough to have a significant surplus at the end of last year, and we had a surplus thank, thanks to those of you who voted for Measure W that really saved the city. Um, and then the federal government pumping in several trillions of dollars during COVID, um, that also helped with this surplus. And so what the council has done is taken those dollars and basically re- earmarked them to um, to renovate all of our public spaces. So Parnell Park um, – uh, was we were awarded a grant, a $5 million grant from Senator Archuleta's office and the taxpayers of mm-hmm. California um, to completely renovate uh, uh, Parnell Park. And so what we're doing is is we've hired an, uh, an architecture, a landscape architecture firm to come up with a design. We're about 30% done. It's going to completely change what Parnell Park looks like. Nice. Um, and it's geared around youth soccer. So there'll wow. be a lot of... Um, synthetic turf fields the main field will be in like a quasi bowl with a band shell on one end and so you know the concerts in the park there Mm -hmm. so it'll be more conducive to that the zoo our thank goodness our animals are going to get a bigger bigger place to 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 play um and it's just i can get you all the 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 sort of the renderings it's and that project's going to be like in upwards of 15 million dollars wow and is that going to happen next year Next year we'll be under construction. Next year, so is the goal that by twenty twenty four it's already ready to go? Yeah, we're hoping by twenty twenty four, end of twenty twenty four. That's what we're looking. This this, this is not like the uptown. It's similar mm-hmm. in price, but this is a we're going to completely scrape, um, except for the senior center there, the the park Parnell Park, and so oh, wow. it's going to take a long time. So really excited there. Um, you know, we're looking at um, improvements. To, we just did significant in, improvements in Anaconda. At um, Penn, at um, we're looking at doing significant improvements at Kennedy and Broadway, Michigan. So these Central dollars, parks, you guys Central, yeah. yeah, thank you. We did uh, some playground equipment mm-hmm. and re- resurfacing there at Central Park. Um, so it's really been the focus of the council to take those dollars that the city of Whittier, right, the Whittier mm-hmm. residents um, um, voted for, and reinvest those back into the community. So. Um, really good news there. Um, let's see what else we have. Um, let's talk a little bit about Whittier Boulevard and the relinquishment of Whittier Boulevard. I don't know if we talked about this at all the last time. Yeah, a little bit. It, yeah. it, was, it was just it, it was in the radar. Yeah, it's it's still so we're a little further along. Um, and again, it is the concept would be to um, you know, continue to go through the relinquishment process from Caltrans and the city so that the city would then ultimately own Whittier Boulevard. But on top of that, we're talking with the county about incorporating all all of the commercial area along Whittier Boulevard between Sorensen and the 605. Um, and then with a, a couple of uh, residential areas that are kind of like in these islands, they call them. Um, 
and so what would that would do that would allow us to um, clean up a lot of that area. So when you come in off of Whittier Boulevard off the 605, there's a reason why the, it says go ahead, get off at Beverly. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like it didn't make sense to me until you know until we started talking about this you yeah. know situation. You don't see the green crosses anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so what we're trying to do there is uh, control what that looks like. We'll work more closely with Caltrans on on that ingress and egress under the 605, and then ultimately if everything works out. Um, expand or widen Whittier Boulevard from Sorensen to the 605 to three ways each way. Um, that'll get people in and out of here quicker uh, to the freeway. It'll just it'll help in you know in in many different ways. And so we're working on that. So that from a timing perspective, we are uh, I have a big meeting with the county on Thursday to see you know we're going through some negotiations with them. And so if that ends up being okay, we can move forward, submit our application to LAFCO, which is this this you know uh, organization that handles these things annexations and we're on our way you know mid next year late next year you know we could potentially be through the process but again you know it's government takes a long time um a lot longer than i would like to in a lot of in a lot of ways but assuming it goes and you know city gets back with your boulevard what would be the timeline for something like that where you actually start seeing construction happening on one year boulevard yeah that's so what you'll see immediately is code enforcement and whatever's going on there that yeah. shouldn't be going on there, both on, illegally on the county side and on the city side, yeah. we'll, we'll be able to address those things immediately. Um, the longer-term projects, um, as we're, you know, relates to widening and, the land, you know, landscaping and the meeting and things, those are multi-year projects, probably, you know, two to four years um, once the project is, is completed or the process is completed. Mm-hmm. It's just because, like anything, it just takes time to, 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 you know, get the plans ready and bid it out and, you know, do all those things. So, but... The beautiful thing about it is there's a plan, there's a long-range goal yep. to get to, and so hope, and that's what will only help would be and be beneficial to Whittier. Um, let's see what else. Uh, you guys want to talk about homeless? Um, I have a couple of questions. Oh yeah, go. I'm sorry. So, so um, you mentioned Amazon is is obviously here, and mm-hmm. they opened up a smaller kind of Amazon, Amazon Go. Goal. Yeah. Is there any other big box? Um, businesses that are coming that, that are kind of signed and but not already up that we you know we could know about there are um uh w- most some that we can't share yeah. uh most that we can't share just because um yeah. you know when they come through the process you know they are always like uh you know we don't want the public to know mm-hmm. that we're thinking about you know coming yeah. in here or we may come in here because if it doesn't work out yeah. then there's always a problem yeah. right um but you know you'll see you'll see some some different um sort of like you know, fast, casual dining opportunities at uh, the Groves. Um, have you tried the Pacific Fish Company? I've had before. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. My treat next time in that place. There you um, go. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you know, whatever happens at Whitwood with a, any kind of potential redevelopment at the Quad. Um, but again, like the big restaurants and things like that aren't, you know. It, it, it's not it's not going in that direction anymore. Um, it's sort of going into like this fast casual dining where people are, especially with it coming out of the pandemic, yeah. people are still picking it up. I do, you know, I pick it up and I go eat at home, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, from a, a like a retail perspective, again, that is changing too. Um, and so we're not seeing the app, big applications coming in for you know the big boxes here. Um, although there are space available, it's just not that that type of retail is dying. And so it's you know we're seeing like these more quasi mom and pop like three four outlets you know that are just mm-hmm. trying to grow um that are coming in and wanting to be in town um so 
yeah, it's not just all housing, but you know, I wish I could share more with you, but um, maybe next time, <laughs> next year. So yeah. yeah, and I think that's a, the hard part of when people talk about, you know, they don't want more housing here. It's like, well, what else are you? Again, we ask the question most of the time is like, well, what's missing? What should we bring in here? And you don't hear people saying we want more retail or we want more, you know, restaurants or more because I think we have enough or the ones that we do have are barely making it right and so but the one that's a constant is housing and and what that creates to obviously balancing the city you got parcels that are really large uh, in size and they're a little bit more private um, but then you got other neighborhoods a little bit more denser um, and, and it's okay right you have different types of, of living ideas or, or, or spaces so being able to create a more denser neighborhood in a really more dense area that's more high traffic it just makes more sense. Um, one interesting thing we've been talking about with, uh, uh, again, uh, colleagues of mine is that more and more we're giving um, priority to vehicles or cars than we are to individuals. Um, we're all worried about parking and parking this and parking that, but yet we don't worry about, well, where's the housing for people who need housing? Where's the affordable housing? Where's the low-income housing? Where's the meeting or entry or, you know, luxury-type housing? None of that is discussed unless it's discussed. You start off with parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunate. I mean, you look at these large baseball stadiums or, or sports events stadiums. I mean, it's it's a really large parking site for such a dense stadium, right? Um, that's and, used once a week at, at the most. You know, um, this is, I go way back. Uh, we the the office I used to work with. We used to do a lot of residential, uh, multi-family residential. Um, they looked at a plan to develop Dodger Stadium with housing. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember that, that like many many years ago. You know, uh, again, parking lot is there. It's empty most of the time. Same thing for the um, where the Lakers used to play at um, forum. The forum. Same idea. You know, taking housing development around that, and that. Back then, these ideas were like, man, you know, they were uh, ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they never came to fruition for, obviously, I'm pretty sure city and, you know, funding and so forth. Um, but now we have opportunities with these, like you said, these big outdoor malls or a mall in general, right? Perfect sites, undeveloped or underdeveloped, uh, where you create that balance, right? Um, and, again, I don't understand maybe because I don't I – don't, uh, I look at it differently, but I, I never understand the opposition of creating a dense community in an already dense area. So Yeah, and, and, and quite frankly, guys, the state's going to take care of that force anyways yeah. because they've got legislation in place that takes effect. In fact, January 1, that basically gives developers – it loosens the parking restrictions. Yeah. I mean, we have no say in it, the city, yeah. right? And so that's – I think I get your point and I agree with you, but I also feel like – that's a that should be a choice that cities, local jurisdictions should make on their own. Correct. We shouldn't have to be forced to comply, right? And so that's where I have an issue when when I feel like local control is being stripped away. Because um, to you, to your point, I think the I think just any but any local jurisdiction is going to get to that place, yeah. right? Except for like you know small only bedroom communities. That that's a whole different you know you know issue. But for a community that's twelve square miles. That has, you know, 90,000 people, and it's super diverse. I mean, the great thing about Whittier is that you can buy a starter home and, well, 
starter home, you know, yeah. on the west side right here and, and, and grow and grow and grow and be what you can do what you, what you can buy. You know, just north of that is multi-million dollar homes mm-hmm. to the east. You know, it's it's just a great community in that regard, right? But I agree with you in your point, and that is we're losing the ability for our kids to live where they grew up. Yeah. And that's scary, right? I look at my own kids. Like, there's no way. And I'm a 19, almost 19-year-old and a you know, 13-year-old. Like, there's no way that they're going to be able to afford to live in LA County, right? And buy a home. You have to rent an apartment or whatever, and that's fine, right? Yeah. But to, if they want to buy a house or something, and maybe they don't want to do that, but it's going to be very difficult for them to do, to your point. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, we're doing our best to, to manage that on, you know, on all levels. And then, um, but also to mix, you know, make sure that we are not you know, advocating that we redevelop all of our prime commercial and industrial space into housing, right? Because we can't do that either, right? You need the commercial so that, you know, for the, for it can't be a hundred percent, you know, bedroom community. So there's that. Um, we have the Greenway trail East extension. That's right. Um, and so about half, well, so what you're going to find is we're doing, um, that the city council is going to come out with this video about, the progress on the Greenway Trail has taken a lot longer than we thought it was going to, and that's mainly because we have to coordinate with multiple jurisdictions to, um, from a funding perspective, but also from an operational perspective. Like all the uh, intersections, we have to coordinate with UPR. And so that's, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat. It's been difficult. Okay. And so, you know, we are going to, the council is going to come out with a video that's going to kind of give you a progress update, and that's going to happen probably next week or the week after. Um, so exciting there. Um, is it an active rail still? I, my understanding is, and, and I hope I'm not um, misquoting our public works director. Um, so, Kyle, if you're listening to this, don't kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, two to four times a week, something like that. So, uh, but an actual cart? or really? is it? Yeah, train comes through there. No way. Freight. I've never seen anything. Uh, I, I thought that was abandoned for yeah. years. No, no, for abandoned to be easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an active freight line. Really? Yeah, just a... A handful of times. It must week. be like at middle of night. Or <laughs> it must be. I don't know. I don't, I've, I've only seen it once. What do they? What do they transport? Freight. Do they really? It's freight. Yeah. Wow. I, I have seen them put up the fencing. Yeah. All the way across, uh, going what, east, uh, with the fencing. That yeah, looks, from Oak Station all the way uh, to the east end of town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's exciting. You know, uh, it'll I'm give another opportunity. I'm gonna throw this out there just because you know, uh, hopefully it gets some ears. On Scott, uh, what is that? On uh, on Scott Avenue, there's a they, they redid that whole transition, right? Because that's where the Greenway continues. For whatever reason, I think it looked good on paper. They put this little center divider. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? That little island. Yes. Yeah, and people are getting high centered on it and hitting it. We yes. put we put a cone out there. Yes. That is a railroad requirement. No way. Yes. Why is it just a? Uh, hmm. So, so if you don't know, Remo, I, I've oh, probably what? missed that curb uh, a couple times. We <laughs> um, are coming down, uh, passing Parnell Park on Scott. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I go from, I'm basically going north to mm-hmm. uh, to Willwood, and uh, yeah, it's it, it, it narrows. So there's a small little divider, like a little mm-hmm. planter in the middle. It's a two way mm-hmm. road, but it's a small two way road, um, and it's probably I don't know, maybe like eight inches or something like that. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like somebody just threw it at the last minute and said, "Here you go." Yeah, but you had could, extra concrete. But the funny oh. thing is, you look at that curb and it's got a bunch of tire marks on it. 
I mean, the, I think the first day that we opened it, um, we had somebody high centered on it. Oh, like, really? You know, her car was stuck on the on the, yeah. on the, and we've asked about it, and but it, it, it's not it's a requirement. requirement. Yeah, it's not yeah. a requirement. So it's not the city's fault. Get off your phone when you're driving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but it, it is. It's it, uh, when you you know if you're not really paying attention, especially during the day, it's less of an issue. But yeah. at night. Um, yeah. So we had to put like a reflector on on yeah, the. On it's the gone now because of our, <laughs> it's <yeah>. all gone. <laughs> but you know, we, so we've heard the community loud and clear about that one, and I've got numerous phone calls complaining about that. So when do you when would you say the expected time is to uh, finally be able to ride the greenway? So the plan is to open the portions of it um, that are completed within the, in a very short period of time. Okay. And so the council will give you an update on that. And then as the sections continue to be completed, we'll open them and we'll just inform people through our social media. And then we'll have a big uh, sort of like celebration at the end because there's a lot of people involved in, in the extension to the east. Um, and then, you know, the council will have some, some potentially some exciting news to share too as it relates to the Greenway Trail and uh, some property there. Um, here's our friends. Yeah. Are they? Are they? Uh, have they talked about uh, Orange County coming this way? Yeah, so we're working with our neighbors in La Habra um, about potentially connecting their portion, and so I think they're working on it. But um, nothing yet. No. Okay. So it'll go all the way until it hits Orange County, until La Habra. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. And then uh, you'll turn around and come back. Yeah, you'll hit a dirt path and fall <laughs> yeah. over, and then turn yeah. come back. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's the plan. The we'll probably are waiting there for you to <laughs> yeah, take yeah. you back. So we'll have a, a little bulb out or something on that end, and you know they'll turn back and go around. So it's it's a it's going to be um, long. It's long overdue, yeah, and yeah. so I can't wait for that project to be you know um, done and completed. Nice. So there's that. Um, and how, about then, a, how about a people mover? I know that was talked yeah. about one time with with a conversation with Joe. How's that? What's yeah. So there? we're still analyzing that. So we hired a consultant to help you know identify routes and. Um, costs and things like that. And so I think we're presenting something to the council for consideration or an update either on the 13th of December or the first meeting in January. Um, that's still the plan is to have a people mover um, mainly start in phases, but start on the, on uh, at the groves and then through uptown and then maybe up to Hellman and, you know, some of the, you know, more heavily traveled areas here um, uh, near, near and in and around uptown. And then ultimately branch out to like the quad and Whitwood and to these other, to the hospitals, um, once, you know, ridership gets up, funding becomes available. Um, it's all, you know, a, you can do anything with money. Right. Yeah. And so, but it has to be supported by the ridership. Cause I think the people would be like, you're spending X amount of dollars for five people to ride that every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So we're going through that analysis now, but, um, it will happen. Um, it's like, it's like the whole idea of, of uh, <clears throat> when they say, Hey, we want to create these, these pathways, uh, on this big open campus. And it's like you're guessing how you want people to navigate yes. through it, but you're like, you know what? Just just put a bunch of turf, and, and within you a couple of years, yeah, we'll see where the patches are at, and we'll just pour concrete. There, there's yeah. a um, there's a a, a planning principle. Um, I remember in planning school that exactly your point. Yeah. You know, you're making these parking medians, and you know the the the, the parking experts say, oh, there should be a cut here for people mm-hmm. to walk through, right? And then you put bushes everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like. Pour the curb, leave yeah. it dirt, and then walk where people watch where people walk yeah. because there will be a pattern, right? Yeah. There will be a pattern, and so you figure it out that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, same thing for us, and that you know, we just want to make sure that if we're going to do something, we do it so that it's going to you know maximize ridership, yeah. um, or, or create create destinations, right? Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Is there a timeline on that? 
I know it's still preliminary. It's pretty preliminary, but no, I don't think it's that long if we're able to to, to secure the funding to, to have it run on a regular basis. But um, that'll be a decision at the council at some point. The reason Remo's asking is because he's really to donate his uh, Tesla to, uh, uh, to what? shuttle people from here to there. <laughs> If need be, you, you know we <laughs> actually. That's a shop, so I actually Ubered <laughs> over here. Believe it or not. Oh, did you? That's a real story. Yeah. Oh, is it Buena Park? Buena Park. Yeah. What's not, wrong with it? Not the best experience. I'll tell you, but because <laughs> I have I want, one to share with you too. Uh, I mean, yeah. mine. Well, I don't want to. Yeah. So it wasn't. A, it wasn't. It hasn't been pleasant. So yeah. we'll, I'll take it back. He's not going to have his Tesla, but yeah, he will have a. You'll have a BMW up at uh, Greenleaf in Philadelphia. No, I have, I have a black uh, 2006 <laughs> Nissan Titan that will. I love it. <laughs> People jump in the back. <laughs> if it's or, more or a box truck, where we can. <laughs> but I think uh, that they they you know. It it's, it all depends on funding and you know how the route and timeliness and you know how things are going to happen but we we looked at it speaking of tesla we looked into um uh, autonomous vehicle yeah. right and i think that's where it ultimately started i mean that was back when i first started here in december of 19 we had this meeting about this autonomous people mover and the technology wasn't there I and mean, we were seeing mm-hmm. these horrific like <laughs> stories yeah. of like you yeah. know what's happening with these self-driving vehicles so Anyways, it's all it's all you know going to be considered and um, just part of you know um, the plan and the goals for the future. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk about homeless because I know that's yeah. always. Uh, yeah. Let me actually bring something. one more thing up too that that um, your listeners may want to attend, and that is tonight. It's probably a little soon. Um, we are having a, um, a, a a meeting, a community meeting on lights at Murphy Ranch Little League. You guys both have kids. You guys, are you play uh, literally here in in town? Not not here. Okay, but, yeah. but you understand, understand. You know, yeah. yeah. So in, in the Murphy Ranch Little League, it's basically combined with Whittier Little League, and then some in Roland Heights. And so basically, Murphy Ranch represents the entire city of Whittier. Yeah. So it's a really cool thing, right? And they've got like five hundred fifty kids registered, which is mind mind blowing. And so they need space to practice. They need you know space to play games, and so. Um, the city council um, basically uh, just championed a project to have lights um, at Murphy Ranch Little League. And so we're having that meeting tonight at uh, Whittier Area uh, Community Church at, you know, WAC at yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Kalima and Mar Vista. Uh, and so that'll be a cool project, um, you know, given that um, um, we'll be creating additional recreation opportunities for kids at one of our parks. So that's nice. Uh, homeless? Um, Let's see, a year ago, we had, well, it was probably six or eight months we before we had opened our homeless shelter. So it's been open now for over a year. Um, and what we're finding, 139 beds. It's right at five points on Pickering, 139 beds. Um, what we're finding now is that folks that want um, uh, shelter and services are accepting shelter and services. There are a handful of folks that are not and that want to be out in the street or want to do bad things out in the street, and that's where having our homeless shelter helps because if you want to do bad things knowingly, you can't do that. And so um, we have a a real significant outreach um, effort, not only with CityNet, which is this group that we contracted with to help with outreach, but also with our own police department and the L.A. County Met team, a mental evaluation team, um, to help these people get the services that they need. Um, and then for those people that are doing bad things like selling drugs, doing drugs, things like that, um, we deal with those folks in a different way. 
there are some, as we talked about earlier, there are some in the community that feel like homelessness has gotten better. I, I believe that it has just based upon numbers, but you know, there are others that, are, that still see the same folks floating around. Um, and those, um, individuals are usually drug or alcohol addicted, um, and, or have some mental illness. And, you know, we, out, we provide outreach to them on a daily basis, but we can't force them Correct. to go anywhere, right. Or do anything. So unless they're breaking the law, right, then we can do something and we do. But beyond that, um, you know, the frustrating part, I think for a lot of people is it's not illegal to be homeless. You know, if you are, I'll give you a perfect example. We see this all the time. Um, we'll see someone walking down the street pushing a shopping cart, right? Um, so we approach that person and say, hey, listen, you know, you can't be pushing that shopping cart. Like, where'd you get that shopping cart from? It says Ralph's on it. So we go to Ralph's and we say, I, I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's Ralph's, but just whoever says that on the shopping cart and say, hey, listen, you know, we have this shopping cart. Do you want to press charges? And if they don't say n- yes, then there's no crime, yeah. right? So, and that happens a lot. Yeah. So we it's a little frustrating in that regard. And so we share in the community's frustration, but, um, again, um, we're not going to stop going on calls. Um, for all of you that are listening, the phone number to call is five, six, two, five, six, seven, five, two, four, zero. Let me make sure it's five, two, four, zero, nine, two, four, zero. Give me one second here. And that, that number goes directly to the uh, team, uh, who goes out there and helps. It's nine, two, five, six, seven, five, uh, nine, two, four, zero. That's Whittier dispatch. That's our police department. And so, um, will and they will determine the appropriate resources that need to be sent um and so continue to make the calls because um you know hopefully we're able to at some point someday place everybody in you know in a place where they need to be safe and they're getting the services they need and then also to lead them to a path where of self-sufficiency right where they can get a job Mm -hmm. and have a place of their own so they don't they're not relying on us and a homeless shelter because the homeless shelter costs you know about 2.3 2.3 million dollars a year so it's wow. not an insignificant amount of money yeah. um but definitely well deserved it gives our police officers the ability to um regulate our camping ordinances and things like that um but again um, and i you know i stress this because we get a call, we get calls all the time about this that it's not illegal to be homeless and walking around so um, but if they're doing something illegal we definitely need to know yeah. Brian, is there a, a number? I know there's a homeless count that, that the city tracks or at one point does every year, every other year. Has Have you guys seen that number go down, or is there, like, stats on that number? Where it's Yeah, so in Whittier, and we were, like, one of the only communities that had, like, a 66% reduction. Wow. And that wow. was because of our homeless shelter, right? I think Bellflower had a similar, and they have a homeless shelter, had a similar, um, a similar uh, had similar numbers or reduction. And so, yeah, it it, it, it you know, Statistically speaking, we're housing folks and getting them off the street. But again, there's still some folks that are not. That sure want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's That's it's definitely good. done what it's supposed to do. Yeah. In terms of, um, and this is you know, you see it, or at least I see it everywhere. Um, in terms of housing that's actually been here compared to the cities, where do you think what are your ranks? I mean, are we doing a good job? Or are we not doing a good job? In terms of like the whole like, um, you know processing you know applications and so forth yeah it's a little bit of a loaded question um I, you know i i you know i've been involved like in community development since 25 years of it right so so i i do have some experience in seeing how other communities do different things um, i would say today we are in an environment um that we're the busiest we've ever been mm-hmm. you see that right when your applications that you submit not only here in whittier but in other communities um 
but we are all facing the same challenges as it relates to hiring people, qualified people. And so um, that has proven to be difficult for us. And so um, I think we do a fantastic job. I'm not saying we do, we're the best. And I'm not saying that we don't we, – we, we could have room for improvement because I think there's always room for improvement. But given the workload and um, – you know, our current staffing level, I think we process projects incredibly efficiently. Um, again, though, um, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are situations and circumstances, I'm sure, that you can say, and we talked about earlier, right, that it hasn't been the smoothest process. And so um, that will continue to be the case. And all I ask is, is that I know when that happens. And you let me know or anybody lets me know when that, because I can't fix it unless I know about it. Um, but from what I've seen, I think we are very efficient in – but more than anything, too, is that we're customer service oriented. And so we understand that you're frustrated and you want to, you know, you're not understanding why it's taking so long. But at least, I'm, at least I'm hoping that we're returning a phone call or having a conversation about why that is. Um, and, you know, I think we all can see, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a recession, people are calling it a recession or a blip on the radar, at whatever level it's going to be. Um, I'm hoping that. What that does to the economy is sort of gets regulates and gets everything back to where it mm-hmm. should be, as opposed to just so like, things you know, catch up. Yeah, running like a hundred miles an hour with your hair on fire, like yeah. nothing good happens of that, right? Yeah. So, um, and and I really hope that it helps with the job market because right now we're seeing not so much here, but in other communities, employees work for six months, right, and see another job that makes a dollar more an hour or whatever, and they just jump ship. And other communities are hiring those folks because they're like, they're the best thing out there right mm-hmm. now, right? And so um, it's, some of it is our fault. Some of it is a generational thing. And so, you know, we'll continue to, you know, create the, the most, you know, productive work environment we can here because that's a lot of it for these kids these days is that mm-hmm. they won't, right? I mean, yeah. they, it, it's, it's money is one thing important, but the work environment mm-hmm. and work-life balance is also very important. And again, it's uh, the more recent one is COVID, right? It's like everybody got used to working from home. Then now when you say, hey, you actually have to come back to the office, it's like, what? What do you mean? Especially if you live local. (laughs) It's one thing to commute 45 minutes an hour, kind of like you mentioned. Uh, But it's another thing if you live up the street and say, no, I don't work from home. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, that's not good. And the interesting thing is I'll say this about coming out of COVID. It's probably something we sort of glossed over, at least I did, and that is um, what I'm probably most proud of. Um, more than anything, you know, coming out of COVID is, you know, we had great business support and we worked closely with our stakeholders and our other organizations to help keep it, you know, f- residents and businesses afloat during a really difficult time. But is the way that this organization has morphed over the past, you know, two or three years. Um, we were probably the only city um, very early on during COVID who changed, you know, a way and how we accepted plans and, you know, it was basically quasi business as usual, um, you mm-hmm. know, because we knew that folks like you guys still needed to add clients that were expecting to, you know, move forward with projects and things like that. And so, um, you know, and then the police department, how they dealt, they kept, you know, the that didn't stop. Public safety yeah. didn't stop during COVID, right? And so that's probably the most impressive thing for me as sort of the administrative head of this organization that I've seen is the way that our employees morphed and we're willing to do whatever it took uh, during a crazy, crazy time to get the work done. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I say that 
in all sincerity, number one, but number two, I have several colleagues um, whose council chambers are still not open to the public. Wow. Almost three years later. Wow. So, you know, um, hats off uh, to our staff. Uh, they do an incredible job. Yeah, yeah. What's one thing that you um, that you did not expect coming in from day one that you're like, man, I, I expect Outside always. of COVID? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of your, your, your job role, like something you're like, man, I, I would never have expected this being, you know, this far in. I mean, because three years is it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's yeah. a lot. You get it, a, accommodated to staff, to the place, to the locations. I th- the biggest surprise for me, and this is actually a pleasant surprise, was how small town a big town can feel, hmm. and that's what I love the most about this city, and that is. Um, we have 90,000 residents. It's 12 square miles. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's a big city, right? Yeah. But if, I think we're like ranked sixth or seventh in LA County from size, population, and then I don't even know about, you know, from a geographical perspective. I thought it was a second behind Long Beach and obviously city of LA. Uh, Maybe square footage. I don't know. Or- no, well, I think down, well, there's, there's a passing other bigger yeah. than we are. So, I, But we're up there, right? Yeah. Definitely of the 88 cities, we're in yeah. the top, you yeah. know, Five fifth. Seven. Yeah. But everybody knows each other. Which is good and bad, right? Um, and everybody really, really cares about this town. And they really care about everybody that lives here, that has roots here. And then another shocking thing for me, too, is like I'm always, you know, I'm all over the place. And so a lot of times I have this Whittier sweatshirt. It's a PD sweatshirt. It says Whittier, you know, in their their uh, tagline. And I can't tell you how many people say to me, random places, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you from Whittier? Nice. And I'm like, oh, no, I work in Whittier, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, I grew up there. My parents live there. You know, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. And it gets back to like this. Community for, feel. Yeah. Small community feel, feel. Big town. It's you a know. four degree of separation, right? Yeah, it's from, not even seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whittier is a really, a really unique place in that yeah. regard. So, yeah, that's probably my biggest surprise is that I was expecting it to be much more um, sort of, uh, I don't know. Disconnected. Uh, a little bit, maybe, yeah. you know, where it was like I, I was, you know, where my role was going to be completely different. Like to me, like a, a, an average day for me is, you know, I talked to a couple of residents, a couple of businesses about any you know, random things. Right. Yeah. Which is great for me because it it keeps helps to keep me like in tune to what's going yeah. on and like, you know you want to know what's going on in the community outside of like what you hear from the people that work for you. Right. Um, but also to, you know, talking to the council and, and, you know, recommending things to the council for, you know, for things like, you know, how to spend $22 million or something, you know, just the whole, and the whole gamut in between talking to you guys. Right. Like, um, so, you know, that, that's to me what I appreciate the most. And it probably, um, it helps me because, you know, I'm pretty scatterbrained as it is and I'm, my mind's all over the place. So, you know, doing multiple things a day really helps. No, definitely, definitely. Um, you got anything else you want to share with us before we get into the Witter questions? No, nope, go for it. So, obviously, last time we, we asked the same three questions, but what I'm hoping that some of this has changed now that you've, you've uh, we've kind of opened up a little bit more with COVID, kind of, uh, you know requirements yeah seizing. so when you go grab a drink not maybe not a drink but a, 
a sandwich, a pizza, a, well, a dog beverage, anything. Where do you? I would say, do you have a, a more recent go-to place like that you've like come across? Like, man, I'm now I'm frequenting this place more often. Well, after today, I'll be eating at the um, the, <laughs> the Beehive, beehive. Yeah. you know, frequently. Um, there's a couple of new businesses opening up town. Um, Azabu, um, right. just. You know, expanded into yeah. the collab. We were there Saturday. We went for the opening. A little soft opening, yeah. Yeah, no, it was the f- day one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I've been pretty involved in that, just making sure that, you know, you know, um, that the, the project got, you know, moved through our process. Um, but we're going there at night before this meeting um, to have dinner, and so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I, that place is, you know, turn the corner. There's... I shouldn't say turn the corner. That place is different. Different under different ownership. I yeah. think it's Jay from the Chicken Coop. Yeah, um, and Michelle. As well. Yeah, Roca's always great, right? Um, and then um, there's this this taco shop on the east side of town um, in a Cilantros. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cilantros. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the tacos there. Um, I love the food. Is there. it right next to a barber shop? It is. It's in a strip center. Yeah. Is yeah. it the one on uh on the, the north Valley, side of the street? Right, yeah, right after Valley View Home? Valley Home. Valley yeah. Home, yeah, yeah. So there's Cilantros and then um the um Mimosas. Mm-hmm. Did I do we talk about mimosas? Not last time, no. I eat there quite yeah. you know, quite often. It's I love mimosas. Um have you had the ribeye chilaquiles? I have. Yeah. I have. <laughs> I have. Um and the 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 uh, pokey toast uh-huh. that's good yeah um and then of course you know there's staples like orchards you know try over at orchards with all of our meat you know all the, all, all that um and then we eat a lot at um at uh, frisco's um and then of course you know we have the staples around here like i mean i've got way too many restaurants right mm-hmm. but we're all over the place yeah. mission square and um all of these other you know eateries around here um modern shaman and if i tell you a funny story about modern shaman so I went in there, and um, I love it. And so I had ch- a fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We all know what modern no, shaman no, is, no right? No clucks given, I think. Yeah, no clucks given. I, I ate the sandwich, and I came back in, into City Hall, and I was like, it's weird. I thought that place was vegan, you know, but they had a, a chicken sandwich on the on the menu. <laughs> and the the, the the staff here at, at, uh, in our office were dying laughing at me like, Dude, that's not chicken. And I was like, I was willing to bet them that day no that that was a chicken sandwich. <laughs> like it, it had the, it looked like chicken, everything, yeah, right? Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, it wasn't. Yeah, so you know, I talked yeah. to Mike and, and and his wife Kim over there. I'm like, that's not a chicken sandwich. Yeah. So Modern Shaman, of course, the Forty. We have a couple of cool restaurants opening up in in Uptown. Um, uh, kind of hot off the presses. I don't know if they're ready to share this, but I'll I'll give you a sneak peek. A sneak peek. Um, the you guys know Mana is obviously right, and so the drummer from Mana is is thinking about opening up a restaurant or is going to open a restaurant in Uptown. Yeah. Um, you know, Rocky Cola moved. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still waiting to hear on what's going to happen at the Bottle Room. Um, and then, uh, so you know what? I, to answer your question, a long-winded way, I eat all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, from a you know, I don't, I don't, you know, if I'm going to have a beer or something, it'd be some someplace in Uptown. I had a I had a beer over at. Uh, Whittier Brewery. Oh, and the guys at Bodega. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. That's a great spot. Their, right? their wings are really good. And I mean, Hazel just the whole concept, Lake, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, they're great. I, I'm so I'm so happy that they're doing well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Nice. If there's something in Whittier that's missing, and obviously you're probably the, 
you know everything that's happening in the city. Uh, yeah. What is one thing that you would like to see more of here in the city? Personally. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see, um, from like a food perspective, I'd like to see Korean barbecue. Um, I'd like to see um, Mediterranean, like OG Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Um I love I love the the Starlight Cinemas, but I, I would really like to see, um, you know, a, a movie theater, movie theater. Not, not that they don't do a good job, but maybe redeveloped into like a more traditional sort of movie theater experience. Um, I, you know, I'm always looking for um, outdoor recreation opportunities, and so. Um, you know, I'm always looking for spots for like a driving range. I look at our landfill, you know, <laughs> yeah. man, man. But I mean, that's a repurpose of a, of a land use for many, many years from now, but definitely like a driving range or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, there's not much that Whittier doesn't already do really well. Let me ask you this question. What do you guys, what do you guys think that we're missing? Oh, well, it's a long list. Where should we start? No, I don't think it's that long. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say more of a, a hooping area, like a sports kind of center where you can go play community adult basketball or volleyball and all the other things. I mean, that would be nice. I know the community center, I don't know if there's an actual program that you could go play ball. Um, the driving range idea actually sounds really cool. Um, I normally go to La Mirada. They have a driving range there or um, Pico. Pico or even Downey. Is, I probably go there more often. Um, and, you know, I, I think that when we ask that question, I'll tell you, we, we get a lot of people responding to more things for kids to do. So when you said the youth soccer that's happening and a few other things, that's that's encouraging because I would say over the last couple of years, that's a very common uh, answer that we get from. from um, well, I should say not, 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 it's only not focused just around soccer. Um, it's also uh, partnering with the school districts to do. Um, you know, reuse of the Sierra sports field, you know, mm-hmm. down there yeah. on the, uh, on the field. West. It's huge. And it's, they're going to do a, uh, a, um, like a cultural arts center, a performing arts center there. And so we're going to follow that with a, uh, collaborative effort to repurpose those, that field space. And then for girls softball, um, up at East Whittier, that's where they play now. And so we're just waiting to hear back from the East Whittier folks on, you know, what's going to cost to do some synthetic turf there to, to, you know, make mm-hmm. uh, play there all year round. So it's, it is all youth centric, yeah. right? And so I'm glad that what you're hearing is what you know Imagine. we are also is hearing yeah. the council is hearing because that that's what they've you know, uh, you know earmarked all those funds to do. Yeah, go ahead. Negative, Nancy. No, no, and I was gonna, <laughs> no, I was going to add to that is that like I think the the big um, in order for something to be successful, right? If we're talking about trying to create these open spaces for for youth, is you really have to have the people behind running this organization or essentially the show, right? Um, you don't, at least from my end, uh, I think about it more as you got to have the, the end user uh, involved to be able to create these spaces. And I say this because I've been to, um, I've been to some parks or some fields where uh, they never uh, sized it to be a good size uh, soccer field, but they designed it well for a baseball field. And vice versa. And so um, I think Whittier, when people say, oh, we need more, more space or more parks or more, you know, areas for, for youth, I think what's missing is just the people behind it. I think we need more groups or individuals 
um, that would heavily be invested. And I'm not talking about you no know, cash. It's more like you know Organi- time organizing. Yeah, putting it together and saying, "Hey, city, this is this is how you should use this field." Um, because at the end of the day, you know, as planners, you, you want to get it right. But at the end of the day, you got to really have the end user. It's a great point. And, and what I failed to mention as you know, during as part of our discussion is that the council's also approved a contract with a parks master plan consultant. And so this, this consultant team is basically going to assess every single public park that we have in town through, commu- through community meetings and other things nice. to talk about how are these spaces being used? Are they, be using, are they being used appropriately today? Or should they be morphing into other things? Yeah. And so, yeah, no, point well taken, and I couldn't agree with you more, and that is I hate when we develop things in a vacuum, yeah. right? And we roll it out. We're like, oh, good job, guys. This is great. And then no one uses it because it's we didn't exactly. talk to anybody about it. Or, or, or they don't use it, period, because there's nothing there, right? I mean, you always hear people saying, oh, I wish we had more parks. It's like, well, you drive to more, the nearest park, and it's empty. Yeah. Like, well, there you go. You have a whole park to yourself. Like what's missing? Like I think we need to be more specific of what's missing. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, what's the last question? Fond memory of Whittier. I mean, does that relate to you, or is it? Uh, or, or what's what's one thing that in your last three years you're like, man, I, I uh, you know, I always go back to that date and. I'll give you a fond memory. I, I think I might have said this the last time, and it's it's really to me, um, what when I think of Whittier, I this always comes up first in my mind, and that is. So I lived on 2nd Street. Tell me if I've said this to you guys already. I lived on 2nd Street between college and Michigan. And um, I taught my son how to ride a bike at Michigan Park. You know those little hills? Mm -hmm. And so it's a funny story because, um, you know, he's one of those kids that, uh, you know, he really – my daughter too, I think, for that matter. But I just remember my son because I remember – don't let me go, Dad. Don't let me go. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna let you go. <laughs> it's just like pushed me <laughs> the first time. He was like, end over, end over, end. I was like, oh my god. But he got back up, and I taught him how to ride a bike in Whittier, and so that will always be a, a fond memory. Plus, um, you know, for personal reasons that I probably shouldn't share, you know, over this podcast. But you know, I've I've got very fond memories of Whittier because I went through a real tough time in my life personally, uh, and that community, that area. Mm-hmm those people my friends around there that you know i made kind of pulled me through it and you know um just made it an easier transition and now you have the four degree of separation with anybody in whittier i do i do there you go i do just say you know jesse and you get no you get shot down everywhere you go no, then, then they're gonna send you a bill <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, owes money. he hasn't finished yeah. <laughs> brian thank you a lot for uh coming on and, uh, again, hope to do this more often. Anytime. You guys just give me a holler whenever you want to do this. I love talking to you guys. Okay. And um, I I really, more more than talking to you guys as much as I love doing that, I, I think it's really important for your, your you know, listener, your viewers, listeners to hear it straight from me. And like I tell you all, all the time, and I tell everybody here, is if there's a question that comes up, call me. Like, call me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the answer, whether it's good, bad. Um, you know, we have nothing to hide here. And so... Um, How can someone connect with you? I know you gave the police's number. You can call me direct. So that my number is five six two area code five six seven nine three zero one. That's my direct office line. So if you guys uh, um, email B like boy, S like Sam, A like Apple, E like Edward, K like kite, I like India, B psyche at city of Whittier dot org. Call email um, with anything that you need, and nice. of course you boys, anything you need, just give me a holler. 
Yep. Sounds good. Appreciate it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And on to the next one. Bye, Woody. See you later, Woody.